Welcome them to the dawn service. It's a good thing to wake up early in the morning and to be in the house of the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You may please be seated. I understand that the School of Nursing students will be writing exams starting from tomorrow. So we will pray with you after my message this morning. It's been a wonderful experience having you come to church, different sets, over time. It's been a very wonderful experience. I look forward to coming again to your school to fellowship with you. Uh, God is raising an army for us in that place, an army to send to the ends of the earth, different nations and different continents. Are you receiving that already? Amen. I want to continue this morning. I want to press further on the title, The God That Collapses Time. I'll be in Psalm 31 and verse 15, and I'll be in John chapter 6 from 16 to 25. Psalm 31 and verse 15. Then I'll move over to John chapter 6 from verse 16 all the way to 25. Psalm 31 verse 15, this was the psalm of David. He didn't write all the psalms, but he wrote this one. And in verse 15, it says, My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Evidently, David was going through a rough patch in his life at this point. He was going through some challenges and persecutions. There were enemies within. There were enemies without. He was hedged in by challenges. And that sometimes represents us. That sometimes represents our experiences in life. Going through a lot of stuff. I was talking to a woman last night. She said, Pastor, I'm going through a lot in my life. I said, we're all going through a lot. <laughs> but glory be to God. Because God has not left us alone. He has made a way of escape that we might be able to bear it. First Corinthians, I believe, 10, 13. It says, there had no temptation taken you, which is not such as is common to man. He said, but God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able to bear? He said, but it will make a way of escape so that you might be able to bear it. God will not allow you to go through something that you cannot handle. So everybody is going through something. David was going through something here. And he brought a dimension to it, an insight that we must all key into. He said, my times are in your hand. He used the word times because it's plural. He used the word plural because we go through different times and seasons within the time frame. So there is a time frame for our life, our lifespan. And that is found in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3. God said, my spirit will not always strive with man. Because he is flesh. But the number of his days shall be 120 years. That was what God said. God didn't say 70 or 80. Moses said that because you know, Jesus said that repeatedly. So the lifespan of man is 120. Medical science has proven that. That the human body without sickness and disease can live up to 120 years. But within the period of 120, there are times... Uh, and there are seasons. There are events that happen in our lives that we didn't even prepare for. 
unforeseen circumstances. But through it all, God is faithful. You can count on the faithfulness of God. Even though the times might not be favorable, the times might not be good, God is always good. Can I have an amen to that? Psalm 106 verse 1 tells us that God is good and his mercy endure forever. 107 verse 1 tells us God is good and his mercy endure forever. Psalm 118 and verse 1 tells us God is good and his mercy endure forever. There are other scriptures that allude to the truth that God is good and his mercy endure forever. And one thing that you can always bank on is the faithfulness, the dependability of God. When you say someone is faithful, it means the person is loyal. It means the person is dependable. You can depend on them even when you are going through tough times. Not many people will stay with you when you are going through tough times. Everybody is your friend as long as you have money. Everybody is your friend as long as you are doing well in school. Your grades are on top. Everybody, who doesn't want to associate with success? But when the times are tough, like the man by the pool of Bethesda, who had been there for 38 years, he said, I have no man. That is not true. He had a family, but they had left him alone. So, but in your, in your challenges, there is a God you can count on. Even when there is no friend. Because it is his nature. It is the nature of God to be faithful. He is a faithful God. He cannot deny himself. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9. The Bible said the Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. In Lamentations 3, 21 to 23, the writer of Lamentations, the man Jeremiah, he said, I, I, this I recall to mind, then I have hope. I recall this to mind. What did he recall to mind? Then I have, then the next verse he told us. Verse 22. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. We, he said, because his compassion failed not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Not small, great. God is so faithful that his faithfulness is described as great. So you cannot exhaust the faithfulness of God. No matter what you do, and no matter what you go through, your challenges are not big enough to exhaust the faithfulness of God. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that we read earlier. Paul the apostle wrote by the spirit. He said, there hath no temptation taken you which is not such as is common to man. So whatever you are going through is common to man. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are not the only one going through it. There are other people in other places who are going through the same thing that you are going through. He said, but the Lord is faithful. You see that line in that verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. For, but God is faithful. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. God is faithful. So many other scriptures allude to the truth that God is faithful. Can I have an amen to that? That's why whatever we go through, you can be sure that you are not hopeless. You can be sure that you are coming out of it. Ah, pastor, you don't understand. My own case is just inexplainable. My own case is just unprecedented. It's not true. <laughs> when you hear the cases of other people, you will give thanks to God for your own case. And I tell you, God will bring you out. Can I have an amen to that? So what are my observations about time? I shared this with us last week, and I'm sharing again. And I encourage us to go and do our own personal study. Go and study. Study the word of God. This will help you. It will be the anchor for your soul in the vicissitudes of life. Thank God for Pastor Fred. Thank God for other ministers who preach the word of God and minister to us. But hey, you need to have your own encounter with God. Your dad might be a pastor. That doesn't qualify that you will do well in the storms of life. You need to have your own personal encounter with God. 
study. 2 Timothy 2.15. Paul the apostle wrote to Timothy, his son in the ministry. He says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to study. Study what? The word of God. In my study, I found out, I learned that God collapses time. In my study, I made about five observations about time. I shared four of them. I'm going to continue this morning. But by way of recap, for some of us, or some people to be on the same page with us, that's why I'm doing all of the things that I'm doing right now, to get us prepared for what the Lord will have to say to us this morning. As you study one thing that happens to you is that you begin to increase in learning. You increase learning. You increase learning. Before you got to school, those of you in the school of nursing, you probably didn't know much about nursing. You didn't know much about the human body, human anatomy, except what you were taught in biology. But you can agree with me that having been in that school for over a year, you know more now than you did when you were in SS3. Is that right? <laughs> so when... Your biology teacher even says certain things now. You might say, hmm, Ma, are you, are you sure on that? Uh, because, you see, you have increased in learning. Now you understand what they call a catheter. You know what catheter is? You know what it means to set a line? How oh, for a layman on the street, where is it set a line? Say line. Where's the line? Bring the rope. Because the line he knows, where you, where you, where you, where you spread clothes. That's the line. The layman knows, but in the hospital setting, in your own uh, medical world, when you say set a line, you understand what that means? When you say, have you checked the vital signs? You know what that means? But to a layman on the road, when you say, have you checked the vital signs? What are the vital signs? Oh, you mean, we, have we taken vitamin C? No, we have not taken vitamin C. Because he has not increased in learning, but you have. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? This is what makes a difference between one Christian and another. They say, ah, God loves, God loves that guy more than he loves me. No, he loves everybody equally. But how we apply ourselves is what varies. While somebody has 30 minutes every day dedicated to prayer and to the word of God, someone else has only five minutes for God because they are so busy. Someone else has no time at all. Someone else has two hours. Someone said, I will pay the tithe of my time. Two hours, 40 minutes every day with God. I tell you, at the end of the year, you can never be on the same level spiritually. You can't be. No matter how close the person is to you, he might, be, he might even be your husband. It is not sexually transmitted. Spirituality is not sexually transmitted. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? The Bible says in Proverbs 1.5, instruct a wise man and it will increase in learning. A wise man will hear and it will increase in learning. So we need to increase in learning. Are you with me this morning? Now, what are my observations about God and about time? Number one, I said with us that God created time. Time didn't create God. God created time. So time didn't exist before God. In fact, there was nothing before God. Everything started from God. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Without, before him, nothing. After him, nothing. In fact, he has no before, he has no after. He's God. Can I have an amen tonight? Glory be to God. And guess what? God created time. He created time to be a blessing. Time is a blessing. Time is a blessing. Time gives us a sense of purpose, a sense of, a sense of responsibility, a sense of urgency, a sense of responsibility in the sense that, hey, you are 23 now. What are you doing with your life? Somebody will ask you. What are you doing? Now you are 27. What are you doing? You are 45. What are you doing? You see, people begin to set goals for themselves because there is something called time. 
And whether you use it judiciously or you, or you allow it to waste, it will pass. What you do with time is very important. Time is a blessing. God created time. But let me add this. God is not bound by time. He can move at his own pace. He can move at the time that he chooses to move. <laughs> That's why the disciples began to travel. John chapter 6, our second text. They, I, I can't read that now. I'll go back there later. They were traveling without Jesus. They got in the boat and they had traveled three to four miles. When the master was done, because you cannot force him, you can't put him in a box. When he was done, communing with the father. He said, okay, I'll catch up with you guys. Even though they had left earlier, he walked up on the water. He walked on the sea and caught up with them. And the moment he joined them, the Bible says the boat got to the land. The boat got to destination. Imagine they had traveled three to four miles on water. Maybe they still had about 100 miles to go. But the moment Jesus stepped in the boat, the boat got to destination. Talk about the God that collapses time. Number two, I said, in the mercy of God, I discovered that certain things that God does have specific time allotted to them. Specific time. For example, pregnancy. The period between pregnancy and delivery is nine months. That's the time of life. And I gave different uh, scriptures, scriptural references for that. If you are not here, get those messages. Number three, I also said, I've discovered in the wisdom of God that God permits certain things to happen at certain seasons. Now, those are two different points. Certain things he does, he has allotted time to them. This is the time frame for this thing. Like our lifespan, our lifespan, 120. Now, but this one, he does certain things at certain seasons. When it is a season, that thing will happen. Amen? That's why he said in Psalm 1 verse 3, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit every time. No, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season so that we don't have chaos. Orange has its own season. Banana has its own season. Mango has its own season. Every tree will flourish in its own season. That's why when it looks as if your mates are doing better than you now, don't kill yourself. Hey, your time is coming. Your season is coming. Can I have an amen to that? That's why we don't compare ourselves. Second Corinthians 10, 12. He said, we are not of them that compare themselves among themselves, that compare themselves with themselves. He said, for those who do that, now, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Don't kill yourself because your mates are doing something or they are doing better than you, than, than you are doing right now. Hey, there are areas where you're also doing better than them. <laughs> are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? They may have more money. That does not mean the totality of their lives. Money is not the totality of the life of anybody. Jesus said a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. What about the peace of mind you enjoy? What about the sound health you enjoy? That they are not enjoying. Even though they are driving an SUV. And say, ah, oh, Lord, Lord, SUV, oh. when are you going to give me my own SUV? Stop comparing yourself with other people. Your life is unique. Your life is different. Your life is blessed. Can I have an amen? amen. If you are convinced, they better amen. amen. Some people don't like their life. And I look at them, I shake my head. You don't like your life? Were you there when God was writing the script of your life? Parents also get into the habit of comparing many times. See all your mates, see what they are doing. See what they are doing. 
I don't know what kind of child you are. That's a blessed child. You better learn to speak good words into their life. So they grow and become what God wants them to be. The fact that they are not doing certain things that their mates are doing does not mean that they are useless. They have their own strength. They have their own strength. Everybody will flourish at their own time. Number four. And that was where I stopped last week and I picked it up from there this morning. I've also discovered that God Almighty changes the times and the seasons. And last week, you remember if you were here, we went into the account of Daniel, Belshazzar. Daniel chapter 2, and we read from verse 1 all the way to 22. And Daniel made a point in verse 21. I'm not reading that chapter again. Verse 21, Daniel said, after the Lord had revealed to him, one, the dream. <laughs> Two, the interpretation. That king was a wicked king. He had a dream. He forgot his dream. He called all the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the magicians, and said, I had a dream that troubled me. Now, I've forgotten the dream. You tell me the dream and tell me the interpretation and you get a reward. You can't tell me the dream. You can't tell me the interpretation. I will finish you. That was a tall order. One of the Chaldeans said to him, Sir, your excellency, no man requires what you have required of us. Because no man, it is not in the ability, it is not within the purview of mortals to be able to travel into the realm of the spirit and bring your dream and tell you your dream and to tell you the interpretation. But if you can tell us your dream, we will be able to tell you the interpretation. The king said, no. I can't remember my dream. You remember my dream for me. And give me the interpretation. Otherwise, you and your household are finished. Ah! The man, one of them said, this is only, it can only be done by the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. And are we not gods? Psalm 82 verses 5 and 6. They know not. Neither will they understand. So they walk on in ignorance. They walk on in darkness. And the foundations of the earth are out of court. I've said, you are gods. And all of you are children of the Most High. Are you a child of the Most High God? Somebody say with boldness this morning, I am a God. Don't be afraid. No, for some of you that sounds strange. Oh no. Like Obatala. <laughs> Those ones are lifeless gods. Glory be to God. Even though people are turning to them now in the name of looking for protection. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord. The, I love German language. Name is Name. The Name of the Lord is a strong high tower. The righteous run into that name and they are saved. Can I have an amen to that? Don't need to go to Habalis to get charms for protection. Those ones are dead. They are consulting gods. You are a god. <laughs> I said they are consulting gods, but you are a god. I said I have said you are gods, and all of you are the children of Most High. So the Chaldeans said to the king, "Only the gods can do that." 
bring your dream now and then interpret. And the king said, you know what? I'm done with paying salaries. He called the chief of army staff, Ariok. Ariok said, sir, yes, sir. Go and kill all the magicians, all the Chaldeans, all the astrologers, all the wise men because they are not wise. Kill them today. The circle went round. The memo traveled fast. Daniel was in the kingdom. He was a civil servant. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't having a church. He was a regular guy, but that served the big God. And Daniel got the memo and spoke to Ariok and said, Ariok, what's going on here? You want to kill all of us? Because Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were all categorized as part of the wise men because they must have displayed some wisdom there. Daniel said, so why is the king so urgent on this matter? Ariok said, well, that's what he said. He wants to kill everybody because people can't remember his dreams and all of that. Then Daniel went into the king. For you to know, he had access to the king. He was part of the system. He was part of this, the, 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 the civil service. So he went to the king and said, well, king, would you give me some time? By the grace of God, by the help of, the, of, of my God, I will come back and, and give you the dream and the interpretation. King said, oh, okay, okay, Daniel, I, I, I respect you. I'll I give you some time. You, you are different. I'll give you some time. Daniel went and spoke to his company, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I, I will always emphasize this till Jesus returns. The company you keep determines what accompanies you. The company you keep determines what accompanies you. Do you have a company that you can go to and pray? When you are troubled, do you have a few friends you can call and say, babes, let's get together and groove. And when we groove, our own grooving is not lo, 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 buga. Our own grooving is we've grooved in the Holy Ghost. I mean, one of us has an issue, it becomes an issue for all of us. And we put it before the Lord. <laughs> and the Lord hears us. And the devil is on the run. Blessed are you if you have that kind of company. But you scroll through your friends list. All of them. Olosho, Agberu. Uh, whatever. I'm sorry, Agberu is not, it's not, it's not a crime. It's, they're just doing their job. I mean, you know what I mean. This one, club girl, this one, stripper. This, that's all that you have. Uh, I pity you because the day will come that you will need other people to join you. The Bible says two are better than one. When one falls, the other will help him up. There are people who don't have a good company. In Proverbs 13 verse 20, the word of God tells us, He that walketh with the wise shall be wise. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Read that scripture very well. He didn't say he that is wise shall be wise. He said he that walketh with the wise. In other words, you might not be wise yourself. But because you have surrounded yourself with the company of the wise, the Bible says you shall be wise. But a companion of fools, even though may be wise, but because he has surrounded himself with fools, shall be destroyed. Proverbs 13, 20. That's why Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scoffer. But his delight shall be in the law, is in the law of the Lord, and, is, and in his law shall he meditate day and night. It is that man that shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, whose leaves shall also not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Check your friends list. Who are your friends? Even the Yorubas will say, show me your friends. And I can tell you who you are. 
All your friends, dreadlocks, pierced ear, pierced nose. Men, oh, boys, I know they won't stop. They won't stop at just dreadlocks. People only start evil. They can't determine how. The, the, the rich, today we have men painting their fingers like women. And you think that is normal? No! No! But that's not my business. It's your business. Whatever you like to do with your life. <laughs> uh, but I, I can tell you something. There are doors that we shut against you that you never had an idea was supposed to be your door. Why? Because, first of all, people will judge you by your appearance, whether you like it or not. People, when they see you, they size you up. This is not the kind of person we want in this company. Period. They, are not, they won't even give you the chance to defend your academic qualification. You think Joseph was stupid? When they caught Genesis 41, when Pharaoh sent for him from the prison, and the Bible says, instead of Joseph to come up in a hurry, he first of all went and shaved himself and changed his clothes and then appeared before the king. The amplified translation of the Bible says, he shaved himself, changed his clothes, and made himself presentable before the king. Now, lady, your cleavage is free of charge. Everywhere, every now and then on social media, some people are watching. Your potential employers are watching. Your potential linker, the one that will link you to your husband, is also watching. And those are the people that will speak against you where it matters. Say, no, no, no. Ah, that, eh, that one. Your presentation is important. Your packaging is important. It's in the Bible. Are you with me this morning? Anyway, so back to, the, uh, back to Daniel. Daniel went to his company and they prayed to God and God gave them an interpretation. And Daniel began to bless God. In blessing the Lord, that was when Daniel gave us verse 21. He gave us a secret about God. Daniel gave us a revelation about God. He said, it changes the times and the seasons. God, God, may God change your times and seasons for good. Can I have a better amen? I know that there are times that life can be so hard. I mean so hard you can't explain it. But you are linked to a God who changes the times and the seasons. So it means we can pray for a change of times and seasons. Because I saw again in my Bible, Psalm 126 from verse 1. So when the Lord brought again the captivity, when the Lord returned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the hidden, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us whereof we are glad. Then in the next verse, he said, turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. That means God can turn things. God can change the times and the seasons. I found out that my father can change the times and the seasons. So if I'm going through a time and a season I don't like, I say, dad, what's going on? Help me to learn what you want me to learn quickly, O, and I learn in the name of Jesus, father, change this one. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? What a blessedness to be connected to God. That's why I look at unbelievers and I shake my head. I preach the gospel to them. Do you know Jesus loves you? They say, well, I don't, I don't care. Too bad. I, I wish you would understand that this God is willing to bless you. He's willing to change your life, change your story. And he wants you to be with him forever and ever. God changes the times and the seasons. Last week, I said to Ross, in closing that point, because I'd only done 50% of it, I want to do the remaining 50% now. 
It is not only bad times, bad seasons that change. Good seasons also change. And we don't like that. Because the moment we have a good season like this, we want it to last forever. Is that right? Is that right? Anybody doing business here? You know that season when credit alert is just coming pa, 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 every week. Pa, pa, pa. New customers, more customers, old customers reconnecting with you. All of that. Money coming in, money coming in. Woo, glory! And then you're typing pa, pa, pa. Sometimes you don't remember to type. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, forgive me. Next one. But listen. Good times. Good seasons. Also change. This is why we need the help and the ministry of the Holy Spirit to ask him for wisdom. To ask questions. When the times are bad, ask him questions. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? What exactly do you want me to do to change this season of my life? It's a very pertinent question. It is not time to be crying, oh Lord, oh Lord. No, no, no. It's a time to ask, Lord, what do you want me to do? Listen, listen. Because there is always something to do. Have you ever heard of corresponding action? In James 2.17, the Bible says, faith without works is dead. Works there is not the work of, I'm doing, I'm working somewhere, I'm getting salary, or I'm, I'm, I'm working, I run a business. It's a part of it, but not the entirety of it. The word translated works there is the word corresponding action, or corresponding actions. There is always something to do. Sometimes it might be to visit somebody. God wants you to visit that person because that person has the key to what you are going through. Are you with me, church? It might be to send an email to an organization. Your corresponding action might be apply for that exam. Just apply. Your corresponding action may be obtain that form. Corresponding action may be go and get an international passport. Get it now. You say, I don't know why. I don't have any opportunity. I'm not thinking of traveling. Get a passport. God is bringing an opportunity. Are, are you getting what I'm saying this morning? Faith without corresponding action is dead. I believe I'm healed. I'm healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. What do healed people do? They get up. They go to the bathroom. They have their bath. They dress up and they go out. You begin to make efforts. You begin to make efforts by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. But you begin to do the things you couldn't do by virtue of that sickness. So you'll be going contrary to that sickness until your healing is perfected. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? Come on, are you getting what I'm saying this morning? There is always something to do. Lord, I trust you for international scholarships. Have you ever gotten online to research scholarships and to know what they are looking for? To know the criteria, corresponding action, corresponding action, corresponding action. I want to go abroad. I want to fly. I want to do masters overseas. Do you have an international passport? No, I have my school ID card. The last time I checked, they don't paste visa on ID cards. 
Oh Lord, rend the heavens. Let miracles happen. No, it won't. Because if it comes, you will waste it. You are not prepared. Corresponding action. I need a shop. I need a space. Have you started talking to agents? No, I just believe God will supernaturally bring it. As I'm here now, God will bring the shop. Oh, the shop will come and meet you at home. Corresponding action. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? There is always something to do. Romans 8.14 in the message translation, it says God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. In the KJV, it says as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Give it to me in message, in the message. Read it yourself. Quickly, everybody. Message translation. God's spirit beckons. Make it louder. There are things to do and places to go. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. There are things to do. Don't waste your time. There are places to go. This is why you need to ask the Holy Spirit. I'm going through a bad time. What are the things you want me to do? You might need to go and learn a skill. You don't have a skill. You've been doing buying and selling, buying and selling, but it is not working for you. You might need to have a skill. You might need to add to what you are doing. You might need to partner with someone else. Lord, what are the things to do? Where are the places to go? You might need to relocate from Ibadan to Lagos. You might need to relocate from Lagos to Ibadan. You might need to go abroad. You might need to come back home. For everybody, there's a specific instruction for Abraham. Abraham, get out of your father's country. Get a visa. Go. Isaac, where are you going? Stay there. I bless you here. Jacob, go back home. I have a cousin who returned to Nigeria, who relocated to Nigeria from the UK and made it big. Made it big. What he never made in 17 years of being in England. Made in Nigeria in one year. <laughs> when he came back home, I said, oh boy, what's going on? He said, I'm here for good, man. I'm here for good. For good? We're, we're, we're struggling to go to London. You came from London? Ah! Oh, I was crying internally. In one year, the guy registered his company. He would tell me, cause, we call it each other cause. He said, cause, I have a meeting, I have a business meeting in Lagos. I want to see some people in Lagos. Okay, okay. When, so when I come back to Ibadan, we see, we talk. We, we, we have some ideas. We need to. In one year, if I tell you the amount, this, this speaker will almost blow. Without exaggeration. In one year, in one year. <laughs> You better ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? In your exams, Holy Spirit, what, is, what should be my area of concentration? Some people will read this call. Score, score, score. Questions are coming from the fingers. One of our medical students in this church, there was a, she said, I, I met her in UI. She was going to read the room with one of her friends. So they saw me at a graduation party in UI, of also one of our members. So they came to greet me. Come and greet my pastor. I said, how are you? No, 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 no. How are you doing? My usual way of just greeting people. So I said, what's going on? I said, pastor, I want to go and read. I said, what's going on? I said, we have tests too. And this one today, eh, and maybe the next day, was going to be very kinikonky. So they wanted to go and read. I said, okay, father, show them where to read. Give them ideas. Let them know. Let them have clarity. And that was it. She said they had been reading something else. All week long. But after that prayer, she just began to say, maybe finger or something. Eh? And it was weird to her partner. Ah, finger I said, well, let's just finish. And that was it. They only read for a few minutes because they were not even sure. The next day, the test came. said, Pastor, I put my hand on my head. Question 1 to 15. 
out of 15, 13 questions were on what they read a few minutes before. I know that. I've been a student all my life. I'm still a student. I know you can read off syllabus. You can read what the examiner does not want. You can imagine. As that biology especially. Say, ah, because you know the head is the source. So you read score, score, score. Meanwhile, they are asking from cervical to razic, lumbar, sacral, and coda. That's what they are asking. Or the tassels. The Holy Ghost knows. Hallelujah. He knows all things. Job 32 verse 8 says, but there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding. Does the Lord inspire me and give me understanding? Let me know what to concentrate on. And that will be your corresponding action. Then you go ahead and concentrate on it. Read with the Holy Spirit. Though. Students, read with the Holy Spirit. Tell him, Holy Spirit, show me where to read and teach me as I read it. He will teach you beyond your professors. He will give you case studies, scenarios. You know, scenarios bring things alive. I've been in some lecture theater. I was like, oh God, where did I find myself? You will sleep from beginning to the end. So boring. The, the class is so virtual and abstract. You can't touch it. Everything the professor is saying is over your head. What's this? It's, it's just Greek. However, another person will handle the same subject and you almost be eating it like this. He will bring it down to normal day, everyday life. And you begin to say, ah, I know that thing. Oh, so that's it. I, I didn't know. The Lord will grant you wisdom in the name of Jesus. Also, when the times are good. Listen. When the season is good and favorable, everybody's calling you, everybody's favoring you, everybody's giving you money, giving you whatever you need. Ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with the excess? Because now I have more than enough. What do you want me to do with it? Because excess is not an excuse for wastage. Are you with me, church? Because that season also will come and it will go. So that your case will not be like that of the Egyptian people. Thank God for Joseph who told them. We are going to read that and we will stop there this morning. Joseph told them. You better have wisdom to save. In the time of plenty. There is a time of plenty now. It is coming for seven years. He said but another seven will come. It will be grievous. And the seven years of famine will swallow up the seven years of plenty. Such that it will be as if you never tasted plenty in your life. Ask some people today. They are so broke. It looks as though they had never handled money in their lives. That's why some people commit suicide. Say me. I know how many cars I was controlling in Europe. I had real estate in America. I mean I had. I wasn't renting. And he's in Nigeria, riding Okada. You don't know the story of those Okada men. I tell you the truth and I lie not. You don't know the story of many people that you see. Some people who come to help you cut grass. Just so they can have money to feed. If you sit them down and I was teaching many, many years ago in community grammar school here. I was teaching at a tutorial class there. Simbad, that's the name we used to call it. One Saturday morning, I organized a class for my students. Many of them are in America now. In that particular class. 
So I was telling them about going for SAT and TOEFL. It wasn't a common thing at the time. I was telling them, look, you guys are young. Explore opportunities. Explore. A man was sitting at the back of my class. I was wondering. It was a Saturday morning, so I left him alone. He came by himself. He sat down. He wasn't my student. He was an elderly man in his mid-60s at the time. Looking old and tattered. Wearing one and color stuff like that. That wasn't very... So, he was there. Paying rapt attention to my class. I was teaching my student rules of concord. This and that. This and that. These are the areas where your exams will come from. We're praying for JAM and uh, GC at the time. But I was telling them, see beyond Nigeria. See, I was... T- I'm telling you as far back as 2001... 2000, that was the year my father died. 2001. How many years ago was that? Come on, talk to me. 21 years. Some of you are not yet born at the time. <laughs> 21 years ago, I was telling my students, I said, do this, do that, do this. Make sure you don't limit yourself. Don't be limited by what limited your parents. At the end of the class, the man beckoned on me. So I went to him. Good afternoon, sir. And if you knew me back in the day, I was a workaholic. I could teach one class for six hours. All my students there to buy was just a pack of juice. Just buy me one five alive. That's all. So I'll give them a break. After two hours, we'll take a break. I'll take, I'll sip. While I was sipping my juice, some of them will come and ask me questions. Uncle, eh, that thing I said, what's a gerund? What's a participial phrase? They'll be all around me. Then go on again for another two hours, short break, and then come back again. And sometimes four hours straight. So much energy. So, when I was done, the man called me and said, I sat here all day listening to you. He said, those things you told them were very correct. I said, thank you, sir. He said, Can I have, do you have some minutes? When I heard his English, the English was at complete variance to his outlook. The English coming out from his mouth was quintessential. It was flawless. It was impeccable. So I sat down. And if you want to get my attention, English. Oh, Lord. You will get my attention. You speak good English. Oh, I will listen to you. So I sat down with the man. He said, I lived in America for six years. I lived in so-so-and-so place, so-so-and-so place. I did so-so-and-so business. He said, but things happened. Found myself back in Nigeria. And obviously, you can see. When I looked, I, I, I took a look at his sandals. The Bible says how beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel. But this man's feet were not beautiful. They were ugly. He told me the story of his life. Well, I couldn't help much. I was a very broke teacher. Very broke. I was earning 40 naira per week. Or per month. Or per whatever. I think per week. 40 naira. And on that 40 naira, there must be food at home. From that 40 naira per week, there must be delta soap for us to have our bath. From that 40 naira, I was still able to give 20 naira to some people. I couldn't help him much. I gave him some little money. That was the last time we saw each other. To let you know, there was a season in his life when all was beautiful. Oh, everything was rosy. But that part of his life was not a nice one. What do you do? In every, in each of our lives, there is a gathering season. Let me show you that in the Bible. Go to Psalm 104. Is somebody learning something this morning? Psalm 104 verse 19. I thank the Holy Spirit for giving me these thoughts, really, because <laughs> I'm also learning. You know. 
Psalm 104. Let's read from verse 19. To 24. First. He appointed the moon for seasons. Can you see that? Come on. Can you see that? Who appoints the moon for the season? God. The sun knows it's going down. The sun knows when to go down. The sun must never misbehave. He knows his boundary. So there is, because somebody created the sun. So when he says, son, you know the time you should go inside. <laughs> ah, yes, sir. I go inside. Then it will be dark. Now, verse 20. Thou makest darkness and it is night, wherein all the beasts of the forest do creep forth. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their meat from God. The sun ariseth, they gather themselves together and lay them down in their dens. Man goeth forth unto his work and to his labor until the evening. Did you see that? The time that animals, beasts, go to sleep, that's where man goes to work. When man comes back from work and goes to sleep, those animals go to work. Can you imagine the way God arranged everything? Verse 24. Oh Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. Verse 25. So is this great and wide sea, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. 26. There go the ships. There is that Leviathan, whom thou hast made therein to play. Verse 27. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. Somebody said due season. God gives everyone, animal, man, beast, every man, their meat in due season. You will not miss your due season in Jesus' name. Everybody has a due season. Galatians 6, 9 says, do not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. Keep doing well. Keep doing well. Keep help. Students, help one another. Help them financially. Help them materially. Help them academically. Some of you might not have money, but you have brain. Use your brain to help others. When your candle lights the candles of others, you lose no light. You have only multiplied your light. Today, by the grace of God, there are nations I get to. I can't be stranded. I was in Irving, Texas, 2016. It was my first time. I'd never been to Evan, Texas. I'd never been to Dallas, Fort Worth. I'd been to the U.S., but not to Dallas. It was my first time. I landed in DFW. The person who was supposed to pick me up, mixed up my flight information. He was stuck at work. He couldn't pick me up. God sent a man at the airport that I never knew. I didn't go begging for help. I was talking to the white lady who was trying to set up my Wi-Fi for me to make calls. When a Nigerian man walked up to me and said, excuse me, sir, do you need help? I looked at him and said, in my mind, what's wrong with these Nigerians? Man, she is the man bebai. Did I ask you for help? Benjamin Oyakilome. Be Oya. And the man said, in my mind though, but reluctantly, I said, yes. He said, all right, you, I, I see you want to make a call. Yes. Like, did I call you? Long story short, he contacted the person for me with his phone. He said, normally he wouldn't do that, but he did. With his own number. And the man texted him and said, oh my God, I missed up Pastor Fred's information. It was a white man who was meant to run. come and pick me. He said, okay, so can I take him to my address? Then when you close from work, come and pick him up. He said, yeah, no problem, thank you. And the man walked up to him and said, well, would you follow me to my house? I came to pick another pastor from Nigeria. And he's here. The pastor he came to pick, we were on the same flight. So the man also came out. We came out at the same time. We cleared our luggage at the same time. He said, this is the person I came to pick. But if you don't mind, 
Will you go with me to my house? Don't sit down at the airport. And when the man closes from work at 3.30, he will come to my address and pick you up. I said, really? He said, yes. I said, okay, let's go. Thank you very much. Then the man, he came to pick up. He said, ah, I saw you on the plane. I said, I didn't see you, sir. He said, I saw you. I saw you by your suit. I like your suit. I've been looking at it. I said, thank you. <laughs> he said, I saw you in Lagos. I said, thank you, sir. I saw you in Dubai. I said, yes, sir. Now nah, I saw you again in America. I said, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Because we flew Emirates. Long story short, we got to the man's home. The wife was so amazing. She was expecting one guest. Two showed up. In no time, Amala was ready. My God. I said, well, welcome back to life. On the plate, they were giving me rubbish. Mashed potato with lamb. Something that looked like a wedu. They called something chicken. It was not chicken at all. It was like, you know when you mash chicken for somebody that has no teeth? <laughs> I suffered on that trip. I was very hungry. The food they gave, I said, what? Can? But I didn't have a choice. I didn't have to swallow. <laughs> you enjoyed the meal? Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. The woman prepared the table before me in the presence of my friends. The amala was piping hot. The vegetable was green. The chicken was grilled. Oh, my God. Later that day, we went to the church. The man said he picked the guest minister because they had the river, a crusade. That was why the guest minister came from Nigeria. He said, but since you are a pastor also, let's go and pray in the church. Redeemed Christian Church of God, Dallas, Fort Worth Central. The name of the pastor is Pastor Tunde, I think Oladiji or something like that. No, it's not Oladiji. I remember his name later. So we, we, we prayed, and then he now said, okay, your host should be ready now to pick you. So let's go back home to my house, because I sent him my address in Irving, Texas. As we got to his house, and we got down from the car, and I spoke. I saw two young men, they backed us. The moment I spoke, one of them looked back. Look at me. Uncle Fred! Uncle Fred! I said, Egbamio, who is this? <laughs> it's my first time in heaven. I don't know anybody here. He said, Uncle, Uncle, you don't know me again? Oh, I, I said, I don't know you. I don't know you, but you look familiar. <laughs> he was my former student at Methodist Grammar School, Bodhi Jaujuni Ibadan. He had gone to the U.S. to do his master's. He had finished master's, and he was working, and he was also the PA of the pastor that picked me. God knows how to, con how to connect the dots. It became a competition where I would stay. There was another young man that came to the airport. That one had been gelling with me and gelling with me. He said, Pastor, I actually have some challenges. I'd like you to pray with me. That one said, I will take him to my house. The other guy said, no, he, he was not good. He, said, he now told this pastor. He said, Pastor, the English I speak, he taught me. This pastor, he taught me English. I, I will take him to my house. No, don't go to hotel. No. This one said, no, I, I, we were together at the airport. I said, oh, Lord. <laughs> Somebody said, Favor. I said, don't worry, don't worry. I know this guy had been with me from the airport. Let me, let me go with him. I know it's that guy's name. I said, let me go with him. Went with him. The guy set me up, set up my mobile phone for me. The next day, took me to AT&T shop. Did everything I needed to do. Free. I was traveling from Irving. I was going to uh, uh, Fort Worth. Drove me there for free. Free of charge. He was taking me everywhere. I said, I need to stop at uh, 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 Richland Hills. Richland Hills in Texas. I said, I'll take you there. I need to go to, uh, uh, was, how come I forgot the name of the places? I think I need to go to America again. And I was taking me around. Taking me around. The favor of God. What got me there? That guy was my student. When you light the candles of other people, you have not lost anything. 
You have only increased your light. Are you with me this morning? We are still on Psalm 104. Verse 20, 28 now. Look at this very carefully. Please give me a little extra time. He said, that thou givest them. Read, please. Read the two words that follow. That thou givest them. Come on, media, put it on the screen. Let them see. And then look at your Bible, everybody. That thou givest them. Uh -huh, they gather. You open your hand. They are filled with good. Stop there. It is what God gives you that you gather. Some people are very arrogant. I'm a smart businessman. I cut my deals. I make my money. I'm a self-made millionaire. I made my first million before the age of 30. No, sir. There is no self-made man anywhere in the world. God made you. God gave you the opportunities. Oh, no, he didn't give me opportunities. I look for opportunities myself. I've got ego eyes. Who gave you the eyes? Ego. I'm a smart guy. I'm, a, I'm smart. Who gave you the brain? The brain to be smart. My parents, who gave your parents? Their grandparents, who gave their grandparents? Their great-grandparents, who gave their grandparents? Very arrogant people. They never like to arrogate the glory to God. They arrogate it to themselves. I mean, I'm not as dull as you. You are very dull. No, don't be saying that. That you are privileged does not make you better than other people. Are you with me this morning? Let's be humble and thank God for the opportunities that we have. That thou givest them. Come on, talk to me. Gather. Are you in your gathering season? What are you doing with what you are gathering? I want to stop. I want to show you the story of Joseph. That's why I pleaded for more time. Please, forgive me. Second service won't be this long. I promise. By the help of the Holy Spirit. Actually, this is not long. I'm supposed to stop now. But I need to finish this point. So that we'll finish the other one next week. If we can finish it. Are you with me? What do you do with your excess? What do you do in your gathering season? I want to give somebody some hint here. That the Holy Ghost gave me. And I've started applying in my life. I call it T-S-S-I. T-S-S-I. The first T stands for tithe. Tithe. The S, the first S stands for sow. S-O-W. The next S stands for save. Save. And the I stands for invest. This is what to do with what you gather. Tithe, it is different from sowing a seed. So don't say, I've given me. I normally, I don't pay tithe. I give my tithe to an orphanage. <laughs> you are wasting it. You bring the tithe to the house of God. You sow a seed to an orphanage. You sow a seed to other people that need help. Especially members of the household of faith. You save. Don't spend it all. You save. And I'll show you what percent to save. Maybe the minimum or a guide. We got that from Joseph. And the last is invest. 
Invest in people. Invest also in whatever opportunities that God brings your way. But make sure you do it being well informed. Whether it's real estate, whether it's forex, whether it's uh, cryptocurrency. You know, this is a <coughs> Gen Z. This generation is high tech. But please, make informed decisions. So that you don't put all your money in a scheme that will make you lose all. I've been there a couple of times. I lost big money. Today, today, for you to get one thousand from me in a business that I don't know about, you will sweat. Why? The Bible says Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. PFE has learned wisdom through the things he suffered. Are, are you with me? T-S-S-I. Everything you are gathering, listen church, tithe, sow your seed, save some good money. 20% actually. And then invest. How did I come about 20%? Let's go to Joseph. Joseph counseled Pharaoh. He said, in the years of plenty, save the fifth portion. In your money-making years, save 20%. And that, you know, that idea, that wisdom was what saved Egypt in the years of famine that followed. The famine was so grievous. It was as if they never had plenty before. It was as if they never had a season of plenty. Genesis 41. This will be a long read. I'll just read and then close there. Genesis 41. Let's go from verse 28. Genesis 41. There's no time I read this. I read about Joseph that I don't get emotional. This guy just loved God. He just had a clean spirit. Just loved, just like Daniel. And God rescued them from trouble. Genesis 41 from 28. Joseph said to Pharaoh, this is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he shows unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And there shall arise after them seven years of famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt. And the famine shall consume the land. Can you imagine that? Hmm. That's a change of seasons. A season of plenty followed by a season of famine. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following. For it shall be very grievous. And for that, the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. Anything God wants to do that he has established, he will say it twice. If he says it once, you will hear it twice. Once has he spoken, twice have I heard. The power belongs to God. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Why? He said it twice because it's established. No matter how nice and philanthropic you are, if you are not born again, you won't make heaven. Did you hear what I said? 
Oh, uh, the man is a multi-billionaire in dollars. He's giving all his dollars away. Oh, he's a philanthropist. Oh, he's a philanthropist going to hell without Jesus. Why? Because Jesus said, verily, verily. He said it twice. Moses, Moses, take off your shoes for the ground on which you stand is holy ground. Abraham, Abraham, still stay thy hand. Don't kill that boy. I've prepared for myself a ram in the thicket. Anywhere you see God say anything twice, it means that thing is established. It is going to be done by God. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. And the two of them shall become one. Marriage covenant. Established. Established. Glory be to God. Where did I stop now? Verse, I stopped at verse 31. Now we go to verse 32. And for that, the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. Verse 33. Now therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this. And let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part. Someone said the fifth part. Come on, say the fifth part. Okay, say the fifth part. <laughs> let him take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. The fifth part is one over five. Of every harvest, one over five. Divide every harvest into five portions. Take one portion, save it. Save it away. Save it away. When 100,000 comes, pay your tithe. 10K. Mm. The 90K, divide into five. In fact, divide the 100 into five. Take your 10%, give to God. If you pay 20, glory be to God. Now, another 20% must go into savings. Let it go into an account you won't touch. An account for which you don't have the ATM. You've given the ATM to your mommy. Especially if you know that your mommy is the type that... <laughs> Even if fire is on the mountain, go and look for money as well. As for that one, it will help you. There are banks that have what they call hider accounts, where you can hide some money, you can save. Even when you need to say, sorry, it's not mature, we can't give it to you. Nobody naturally wants to save. Well, maybe some people naturally want to. Some people are good. They are good. But someone like me, it's the mercy of God. <laughs> but I've learned this. And I'm doing it. I'm not telling you what I'm not doing. I'm doing it though. When my wife said, ah, that thing you said, I hope you heard yourself. I hope you knew me. Oh yeah, I will give. There's a portion to give. There's a portion to tithe. There's a portion to sow. There's a portion to invest. But there must be a portion to save. Are you with me? Don't make it all and spend it all. People like it when you give them free money. And the Darota and the streets. And some people are not wise. You help them, they publish it everywhere. Ah, if you know what you gave me. Then everybody begins to come. Where's my own portion now? As if you give somebody what you just did secretly. Be wise though. Because by the time you go back to the season when there is nothing, it is the same people that will abuse you. Akpa ni, akpa. Ah, you, I wish you knew him when he had money. Ah! Go see him now. It's a pity. The same people you helped for whom you emptied your account and saved and rescued them. And you think they would reciprocate the same? You are dozing on a bike. It's a dangerous adventure. 
You can doze in the car. You can doze in the marua. You are not sitting in front. You better tell the man to park <laughs> and look for somewhere to sleep. <laughs> <He's> a, <laughs> on a <the> bike. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pastor Ray, are you telling us to be mean? No, be very generous. Oh. I'm very generous. I love it. I love to give, but hey, be wise. Are you getting what I'm saying? Ordinary 10K. When you make ordinary 10K, please pay your tithe of 1K. Save 2K. Save it away. Away! In fact, you can save 4K save. Amen? Uh, because the day will come that you need to go to where you have saved and pick something to, to salvage a situation. Are you getting what I'm saying? Joseph told Pharaoh that. Let me, let me, let me read this and stop so we can pray. especially for the SON family. Now, but I want you to see this word that, uh, that Joseph used, verse 35. And let them, read it, everybody. And let them, and let them gather. You remember we read that in Psalm 104. That which thou givest, they gather. Joseph said, Appoint officers over the land of Egypt and let them. Their job is to gather. Somebody say gather. Say gather. Whichever works for you, just do it. It's not the phonetics that, that is important now. Gather all the food of those good years. Hey, hey. Don't let them waste it. People like that. Say, oh, that man is Buja Buddha. Komola, don't walk up. He will just give you 100 cake, bah, 1 million, bah. Hey, hey. Unless you're a politician stealing from Nigerian treasury. And you will steal for life. That's why they steal for life. That's why they die on the post. They don't want to leave the place. They die there. Since 1960, Nigeria has been ruled by the same people. Kill all day. They say, you be the youth of today and the leaders of tomorrow. The youth of today, the youth of yesterday, they are not the leaders of today. It was the old men of yesterday that did the leaders of today. Okay, Lord, where is the future? Lord, my passport, oh. Hallelujah. But if you are led to be here, stay. Because you will flourish, amen? It's not all of us that will go, but those that can go. I encourage you. I encourage you. The, the, the leader of yesterday, is the leader of today. And somebody still come and say, ah, ah, Baba, it's a lonely meeting. And you still want to continue? Yes, so. Ah, ah, ah. Is this, is this the way Nigeria continues to sleep? Eh? Ah, Baba, go slow. He has not left the place. I don't know Baba wants to come. Ah, Lord, I miss you. I'm not a politician, but sometimes, you know, I just think, look at France. How old is that guy? I'm older than the guy who... The president. See, when young people run things with the guidance and the wisdom of the elderly, they do well. One man went to the American embassy after he retired from civil service. Auntie, over 65, he went to apply for visa. The consular asked, in Lagos, he asked him, why are you going to the United States of America? He said, I, I, want, I, want, to, I want to go to Bible school. I want to respond to the call of God on my life. The man said, what have you been doing with your life? He said, I've been in civil service. I've been a civil servant. Very faithful. Now, I want to commit the rest of my life to God. That's why I applied to Bible school in America, and I want to go to Bible school. Give me a visa to go to Bible school. The white man said, I'm not going to give you. Do you know why? 
you're too old. You, when you get to class, you'll be sleeping. <laughs> Next person with the 12, reapply some other time. You will be sleeping in class. What have you been doing with the days of your youth? Making money all over the place. Now, you, after you have used yourself and you are almost useless. Now I want to go and answer call. Call, call. Flashing. You think the white people are not wise? And let them gather all the food of those good years that come. And lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh. And let them keep food in the cities. I can't explain this because of time. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine. Seven years of leanness. Which shall be, he kept repeating it. He was not a prophet of doom. But he was warning them like I'm warning you this morning. I don't know who I'm warning. Maybe I'm also warning myself. <laughs> and, and which shall be in the land of Egypt. That the land perish not through the famine. The Bible says in verse 37, and the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh. good. God was involved and in the eyes of all his servants. God will give you wisdom that when you consult for nations, consult for kings, consult for organizations, consult for experts, consult for other businesses, whatever you give them will be good in their sight. God will speak through your mouth. And that will open doors that are very huge. Bigger than your highest expectations for you in the name of Jesus. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find, can we find among you, can we find in the old land, can we find such a one as this guy? A man in whom the Spirit of God is. All of them face down. Ah, okay. God bless you. We cannot find you. <laughs> Even though I'm a product of Harvard, but uh, I'm not as bad as this guy. Listen, what happened next? Verse 39. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house. Even my own house, you shall be over. I'm the ogre, but you'll be my ogre. And according to your word, not my word, your word shall all my people be ruled. Not some, all of them be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. I have set you. I have set you over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring. That's the symbol of authority. And put it. Took it from his own hand and put it upon Joseph's hand. And arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. One moment he was a prisoner, the next a prime minister. And he made him to rule, sorry, to ride in the second chariot. That's the vice president's chariot which he had, and they cried before him, bowed the knee, and he made him ruler over the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without you shall no man lift up his hand or foot in the land of Egypt. Go to verse 48. Verse 48. 
And he shouted. And he and he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities, the food of the field, which was round about every city laid up in the same. Every city stored their own food. Every city had a store for their own food. Every business should have something is bringing in. Save. Save from every business you do. And don't do one business. If you are doing one business, ask the Holy Spirit for more. If you are into fashion designing, ask God, Lord, do you, can you open more doors for modeling? Can you open more doors for me to be buying fabrics and selling fabrics? It's still the same. Accessories. All of them. There was food from every city and he kept it in the city. It's called multiple streams of income. Verse 49. And Joseph, read it. Come on church. And Joseph gathered. What did he gather? Corn as the sand of the sea. Very much. And he left numbering for it was without number. Can you imagine corn like the sand on the seashore? It was just innumerable. So Joseph stopped numbering. They couldn't number the bags anymore. Let me show you one more verse and then we pray. Verse 54. Verse 53, then 54. We stop there. Verse 53. And the seven years of plenteousness, that was a season that was in the land of Egypt where Come on, talk to me, church. Were ended. Verse 54. And the seven years of dearth, the seven years of famine, the seven years of leanness began. Began. Began to come. According as Joseph had said, and the dearth was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Have you learned something today? People just don't go broke. No. They begin to go broke. Camera, make sure you follow me. The Bible says, the seven years of leanness began to come. Began to come. It didn't just jump on them. Gradually, 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 money started reducing in the account. More money was going out and zero money was coming in. Money was being spent but money wasn't coming. And you know what that means? When you're just spending money and nothing is coming in. That's Poverty coming, coming, coming gradually, gradually. It's not a long time before one million reduces to 27,500. It doesn't just happen overnight unless you are scammed. It usually begins to come, to come. It was coming from the sea according to the dream that Pharaoh had. Just the same way. 
the good season also began to come. Then the good season began to go and the famine, the bad season began to come. But how did Egypt survive? The wisdom of Joseph saved. Saved. Read that chapter when you get home. Read it meditatively. Allow the Holy Spirit to open you up. Some of us will never be broke again in our lives. Can I have an amen to that? Balance your life. I can walk. I have energy. Kata kutu, kata, 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 kata. Save some time to rest. So that sickness does not begin to come. And it will be as if the person never was healthy before. Life is about balance. In your relationship with people, don't just open your life. Five minutes you just met somebody and you've told them the entire story of your life. Be wise. Be wise. This principle can be applied in every area of our lives. Seasons change. God created time. Point number one. Point number two, God allots specific time to certain things. Point number three, God allows certain things to happen at specific seasons. Point number four, God changes the times and the seasons. Point number five will be next week. God collapses time. I'll speak some more when we get there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you have been blessed this morning, can you just wave?